Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Email Patricia now with your story or comment. Cork today at c103.ie. Today on C103. Hundreds of post-primary teaching posts still remain unfilled ahead of the return to school at the end of this month with over 400 posts advertised on the education recruitment website educationposts.ie. To talk about it from a teacher's point of view, I'm once again joined by Georgine O'Brien, who's president of the Association of Secondary School Teachers of Ireland. Good morning to you, Geraldine. Good morning, Patricia, and now, thank you for having me. Well, our pleasure. Timetables and curriculums will all be set out well in advance of the first day of term. So do we take it now that schools are possibly already being forced to remove some subjects from the timetable? That is quite possible, Patricia. That is quite possible. Because does any management, does any principal want to have a classroom full of students where there isn't a science teacher sitting in front of them, a physics teacher, a home economics teacher, an Irish teacher, and there is no evidence in sight that that will be addressed fairly quickly. As you say, the timetables have been put in place. Now, there may be uh, with the initials A or B because they hadn't recruited the personnel at that stage, but the timetables are done. I mean, we're less than a week out from the return to school. Less than a week out from the return to schools, and over 400 
unfilled teaching post, as you outlined there very clearly at the uh, start of this. Uh, I mean, it's crisis point. Do you, do, you, and do you know, are they across all subjects or are, are some subjects more hard to find a teacher? I mean, at one stage it used to always be the STEM subjects, say the science subjects. Are they still tricky to get posts filled? You're absolutely uh, correct, uh, Patricia. Initially it was the STEM subjects. Now it has tra- transversed all subjects. Teachers are hard to recruit by management in all subject areas. It's not just peculiar to one subject or a few subjects anymore. It's across all subject areas. Unfortunately, that is that is the situation. And, you know, it, it, the situation has predated this minister, Minister Foley, to be fair to her. It has predated her term of office. But the situation has grown incrementally over the last number of years. It is worsening year on year and now is that crisis point. Very unfair on students. That's the difficulty, Patricia. Who does this impact on? On health and safety grounds, management will be very loath to leave, will not leave, I should say, maybe more, more uh, or if you have um, a dividing room with a partition, you may have one teacher trying to supervise uh, two classrooms. They will not leave a group of students unsupervised because on on health and safety grounds, that cannot happen. However, supervision is no substitute for teaching and learning by the qualified practitioner on the ground. They're two very, very different things. And and I I know Dublin schools, uh, Georgian, have a huge issue attracting teachers and obviously that's to do with the accommodation crisis and the cost of accommodation uh, in in the city. But are you also hearing that rural areas and urban towns can also struggle with that accommodation issue? Accommodation is a huge issue, Patricia. And as you said, the East Coast and Dublin in particular, the crisis point, it is acute. The housing crisis is acute. And we have evidence from the, in the ASTI that teachers have, are giving up long-term teaching posts, six, eight, ten years, permanent contracts, and they're moving to rural areas uh, because they can better afford the uh, cost of, of housing. However, that said, we have been uh, told, um, as recent as yesterday, that even in quite rural areas of Cork, the, the uh, teacher shortage is quite severe. So it's not unique now to the city. Yeah, and just actually just on the city, because I, I saw, I heard the Labour TD, Aidan O'Reardon, he, was, he had suggested it before, but I, I saw it in the papers today that they, the government have shot down the suggestion of a special allowance for teachers to live in, in Dublin. It's, it's a waiting that's done. I know they do it in London, because obviously the cost of accommodation is London is much more higher than other parts of, uh, of England. But is, is that something that the ASTI would be in favour of, some kind of a you know, um, an extra special allowance for teachers in Dublin? Well, that would be one option. But really, as it is, Patricia, we have a two-tier salary scale. So introducing another tier may not be advisable. But what the government could do is the initiative that they have in other European countries where um, housing is ring-fenced for at, a, at affordable prices, I, I, at affordable prices, 
for key workers. So the, the government could do that. They, they could, uh, but they could address the housing shortage by allocating uh, X number of houses in in an estate in an, in a new development for affordable housing for key workers. And you know, it's not just teachers for key workers, nurses, doctors, on, exactly. But yeah. it's not on the government's agenda. So the need to be creative, the need to uh, think outside the box and introduce some measures that will address this current crisis. If a student, as you said previously, um, the timetables are, are compiled at this stage, the curriculum is in place. If a student wants to pursue, say, for instance, physics, and that's, what the, it's, that's their dream, they want to become a physics teacher, they want to go on and study physics in college, right, become a physicist, so, what impact will that have on the student? They go back to school in next week and say, they're told we cannot offer physics this year. That's their dream. That's their dream white team. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I have a friend of mine who's a wonderful young daughter is training to be a vet. It's all she's ever wanted to do. So when she would have got into first year, she already knew the subjects that she would have to start picking aiming for this leaving cert for what she would need in order to train to be a vet. And, and I'm just thinking if she went to a school and the teachers, and there will be other young people like that who are very focused on their career, and it can be taken away from them almost as young and as early as when they enter secondary school. But that, that's the difficulty, Patricia. And students today, with the, the internet and all the facilities of it, can research very, very quickly what are the requirements for the course? And yeah. the students are doing that. They're also getting in, in, in school career guidance at a much younger age. So they're very focused on the choice. Yeah. They're very focused on what they want to do. As you said there, the um, example of your, of your friend's daughter wanting to do veterinary. The, the students are focused. They know the subject. They know if, if I want to do veterinary, I haven't a ghost of a chance in college if I haven't done biology yeah, for yeah. research. Yeah, and then, and you would have, and, and I know I've read about this in the paper, and I'm assuming you probably know some of the schools. There are schools saying that when they advertise a post, they don't even get one application, not even one application for an advertised post. It seems isn't incredible. That, isn't that incredible? Yeah. Isn't that incredible to think? Not one application. God be with the days when principals would have to sift through uh, a stack high of CVs. So many would be applied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, there would be a big, big push uh, for, for, for teaching jobs. And yet, and I, re- I mentioned this earlier, George, and I was watching on the news last night, those two young teachers who, I don't know if you saw it, they were about to get on a plane to go to Dubai. And they had come back from working in Abu Dhabi. They were back last year, ready to go back into the school system here in Ireland, but couldn't get a permanent job. And then I, I'm seeing in the papers today that of those unfilled training posts, only 12, 12% of them are permanent positions. You can kind of understand why so, so many of the young people are going abroad if they can't even get a permanent position here. What, what's going on with those? But that, that really is the kernel of the problem. Fixed-term positions, part-term contracts. Teachers are finding it difficult to live on a full salary. They've gone to college, they have done four years of an undergraduate degree, two years for a PME at a cost of 6000 extra per year. The cost of that 
and then they apply for a job and they're offered a six-hour contract. How can they live on it? That culture of part-term contracts and fixed-term contracts needs to be buried for once and for all. We need to have permanent contracts. Now, I know it's subject to a teacher completing their probationary year satisfactorily, and that's a requirement, and I know all of that. But after the one year, they get a permanent contract. Yeah, yeah. Like, who will come back from Dubai for eight hours? Yeah, and I, and I know the Minister for Education was trying to lure teachers to return from uh, overseas, but I, I take it with all of these vacancies, she hasn't managed to encourage many of them to return. No, because they, they again, they, they can do the research and they can see on the ad, is it a fixed-term contract? Is it a part-time hours contract? Or is it a full-term contract? Who's going to return from Dubai where they have a very good salary, a very good quality of life, lovely weather, right, for mm. eight hours of work. They won't be yeah. able to afford to live. And would it sadden you to hear me, to, to, to hear this, uh, Jerry? Um, a gentleman listening to us when, when I mentioned you were going to be coming, joining us on the programme to talk about this issue, he sent in a message um, earlier. To, he's got a daughter who's in college at the moment. She is uh, uh, training to be a secondary school teacher. It's all she's ever wanted to do. She hasn't, you know, she's got a couple of years left to do a college. She's already made the decision. She's going to go to Australia because she reckons she'll have a far, uh, a whole, it'll be a whole lot better there uh, than to stay uh, here and um, Jerry says, well, you know, it'll sadden him, obviously, to see his daughter go to Australia. He wants her to reach her full potential. But he was making the point that she's in college and obviously there's other young people in college talking about it and making the decision before they even leave college. They've made their minds up that they're, they're going to go abroad. So that they, we need to get into those students in college and make this job attractive. We will make this job attractive, Patricia, if we pay teachers adequately. It does not surprise me to hear you relate that story. Now, I can't name the individual, but I had an email yesterday from an individual saying that she was thinking of training to be a teacher. She obviously has done her her undergraduate um, degree, but she looked at the salary skills and she wondered, when are we going on strike for extra pay? I'm not telling you anything. That mm. is in print to me as president of the ASPI. She cannot credit how low the salary is. She, she actually made the statement in, in her email that people in administrative roles without any training, and I'm not taking from the people in administrative roles, they perform a brilliant job. They are paid more than teachers currently. It's crazy. Catherine says, my daughter excelled in art, but unfortunately there was no art teacher uh, for all of her six years in secondary school. We ended up having to pay privately for lessons and she did sit it in her leaving cert. It cost us a fortune, but it was worth it. But families shouldn't be forced to do that. They shouldn't be forced to do that. But who can do the end a full credit to that lady and I salute her and her family. And they may have done this and um, made sacrifices in other areas in the family. But that's what parents do for yeah. their children. Yeah. Is that fair? No. Is that 
fair. It's not, and it's not, it's not fair in families who can't afford to do it. Would love oh. to be able to do it and who can't. Yes. All right. Okay, listen, well, no doubt we'll speak again on this uh, subject because it's, it's certainly not going away. Uh, Geraldine, thank you for that. And uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Patricia. Uh, good morning to you. That is Georgine O'Brien and Georgine is Secretary, uh, or sorry, President of the ASTI Association of Secondary School Teachers. Hi, Patricia. My son has just taken a job in Dublin. The rent is literally crippling him. It's almost a thousand uh, a month. Yeah, you'd want to be on a good wage package for that, uh, wouldn't you? And of course rent, everybody kind of feels rent is such dead money. Someone suggests, why can't schools share a teacher? For example there's three secondary schools in Bandon. Could they share the teachers for the different subjects and, and pay the teachers more that way? Uh, would that be possible to do? I don't know. I mean, God, could you imagine the timetables? Would that be a bit night and a bit of a nightmare if you were sharing, say, a biology teacher between three schools? Could you imagine trying to work out the timetable? What school the biology teacher is going to be in? Oh eight one eight one zero three one zero three. Hi, Patricia. Our daughter is a physicist, and going back a good number of years, could not get chemistry taught in our local secondary school. She ended up having to do it outside of. Of school, if she wasn't determined, she wouldn't have qualified. Yeah, and 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 obviously you paid for grinds uh, and all of that, and you had a very very focused young person. But it shouldn't be the case. We should these subjects should be available, particularly for young people. And now not every young person knows what they want to do, but there are people who get very focused on a career, and it's all they ever want to do. And it's such a shame to think that they go into secondary school and literally from the minute they step foot inside the door of secondary school, the dream of whatever job they had could be taken away from them. That simply is not uh, fair. And someone says, Georgine O'Brien of the ASTI, everything she is saying is 100% uh, correct. Uh, nothing is new. It just doesn't change. Yeah, that's what she said. It has been going on. I mean, I've been doing interviews about teacher shortages for a number of years now, but it's worse. It seems to be getting to crisis at level. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.